Good morning. Welcome to the Sunday service of FCC. As today is the first Sunday that we enter into Phase 2 HA again, we'd just like to remind all that FCC is currently closed for on-site service. It is a very difficult decision that we make, but we are considering members and friends of FCC who have elderly in their family or who, with weaker immune systems or children who cannot be vaccinated yet. Uh, so please do bear with us during this period and just uh, join us on our online service uh, for this period of time. I know that everybody is very, very tired with uh, all that's happening, but I'd like to encourage all of us to be a bit more patient, a bit more generous in spirit, hold back our complaints and be generous with our words, whether it be the kind word or words of encouragement. So at this time, I would like to give a shout out to all who have been with SCC throughout these two years. It's really been very, very difficult. Uh, but uh, thank you all that has made this online service possible and on-site service possible. And we do know that we are going to continue again. So the hearts behind are for all of you. Thank you very much. For those who need to take a break, because for whatever reason, please do use this time to refresh and recharge. And for those who are still... Uh, struggling on together with us, please do know that you are not alone. If you need some help, do just uh, send a word to reach out to us. And during this period of time, uh, do keep your spirits up, uh, listen to songs that make you happy, permission to dance. <laughs> and at this time, let us join the service, let us begin the service with a call to worship. Call to worship so that we may sing songs together, drawn by God's presence. We gather, inspired by God's Spirit. We worship, empowered by God's grace. We live, we are a community, embraced by the mystery of God's love for all creation. We are a community that looks for the light of Christ, the light that shines in every place. In every, every place, place and in every, every life. life. Within this dynamic community, we foster connections and experiences that brings meaning to life and help us face the issues of the day. Together, Together we, we strive, strive to live with, with loving hearts, open minds, minds and hands extended, extended to all. Welcome home. Amen. So now let us join together with the worship team for a time of worship. Uh, do sing to your heart's content when you are joining us online and at home. Jesus, a name above. 
Jesus, the only one that could ever say Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe We live for you We live for you Holy, there is no one like you There is none beside Your heart 
without borders Let me walk upon the waters Wherever you would call me Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander And my faith will be made stronger In the presence of my Savior Spirit lead me where my trust is without borders Let me walk upon the waters Wherever you would call me Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander And my faith would be made stronger in the presence of my Savior Spirit lead me where my trust is without borders Let me walk upon the waters Wherever you would call me Take me Please join me in prayer. God, you are a refuge and strength, an ever-present help in times of trouble. We live in troubled times. Homes are burning. Floods are destroying lives. Heat is killing entire ocean ecosystems. Disease is inflicting physical and economic suffering. Governments commit genocide on ethnic groups. The situations and people may seem distant to us. Help us to exercise our imagination and will to lift them up to you. Closer to home, many suffer hidden stress and trauma. We pray for the family and schoolmates who grieve the death of the student at River Valley High as well as the perpetrator whose mental illness was ignored and untreated. Forgive us, God, as a society that has failed our youth. What will it take to make us pay attention to mental wellness of the young? How many more falls from height? Just as Jesus prayed at the cross, Father, 
Into your hands I commit my spirit. So we also pray, into your hands we commit our grief, our sense of failure, our fears, our pettiness, our confusion, and our vulnerability. With this prayer, we let go of any pretense of control in an uncertain world. All we have is you and one another, imperfect as we are. We pray for the new cell groups, Sprout and Figus Carica. May each group's activities of studying, sharing, and praying together build both the community and the relationship with you. In this time of silence, we name those in our hearts whom we are concerned about. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God, help us to love our neighbors as we have been deeply and unconditionally loved by you. In Jesus' precious and powerful name we pray. Amen. Thank you. 
us in winter If all I know of harvest Is that it's worth my patience Then if you're not working God, I'm not the So good morning. Um, I'm so excited actually to be here, uh, even though there are only a few faces here, but I'm excited to see all your smiling faces. As I imagine all of you uh, online uh, smiling back at me. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's always exciting to be in a time to worship together, whether we are here physically together or whether we are coming together online or overseas. Um, I think just looking at the YouTube chat, I'm just reminded that, you know, there's so many of you out there, you know, and I'm so glad to see you. Welcome and welcome home. Uh, so today uh, for our sermon portion, we use Menti. Uh, so I want to join, uh, invite you to join us on menti.com. Right? You can use a code that's shown on the screen, 77228695. And this will give you a chance to help, uh, help me build the sermon. Uh, I want to hear your input, your thoughts, um, your experiences, and hopefully this will enrich uh, this time for all of us who are attending, okay, including me. So, 77228695, all right? And so we'll go into the sermon together. And today, we're talking about church growth, ecclesia and growth. You know, when the words church growth is mentioned, There'll be a variety of opinions from different people, right? Um, there are definitions like what growing the church means, as well as how to go about it, 
You know, we need to strategize, maybe we need to plan, you know. And I want to ask you, what do you think constitutes church growth? All right, what is church growth to you? All right, I gave you a couple of options there, and so you can have a look. Um, is it increase in attendance, increase in giving, increase in membership, increase in cell groups, or all of the above that was just mentioned? Or is it something more? <laughs> so yes, I mean, you know, uh, <laughs> yes, I see a lot of you say something more, right? Because that is a bit of a leading question, right? But I want you to really think about it, right? Is increase in attendance important? Yes, I think so. I think it's important for us to continue uh, to be serving administering to more people. Is increase in giving important? <laughs> yes, I think so. I think this past year, you know, uh, going into a digital format, trying to be uh, on a hybrid uh, system, uh, we have had to spend money on systems and we have had to, you know, have different people help us in the process and we are so thankful that we have volunteers, you know, um, who are so skilled and, and so sacrificial in giving their time and energy. Right? And so, yes, all of the above, right? Like increase in membership, increase in cell growth, all those things are important. And those are the numerical parts of church growth, the quantitative parts. But we all know deep inside that there is something more. That there is something more than the quantitative growth that we are talking about. And so thank you for, you know, putting in your input. Yes, please continue. You see, is this something more that I want to focus on in the sermon today? Not that numbers are not important. In fact, we do rely on these quantitative markers to help us have a sense of how we're doing as a church. But we all know deep inside that growing as a church is something much more than just numbers. Is this intangible, yet extremely important part that I want to spend some time reflecting on together with you this morning? Is church growth about adopting the right strategies and tactics to reach the right people? Perhaps. Is it about relying on God to make the growth happen? Perhaps. Or perhaps it is a both-end approach. You know, Jesus teaches us about growth in Mark chapter 4, verse 26 to 29. And he said, the kingdom of God is as if someone would scatter seed on the ground and would sleep and rise night and day, and the seed would sprout and grow. He does not know how. The earth produces of itself first the stalk, then the head, then the full grain in the head. But when the grain is ripe, at once he goes in with his sickle, because the harvest has come. You know, many of us grew up in a city, right? And we don't have much exposure to farming. Yet Jesus in the Gospels often used farming analogies because that was very familiar to the people then. For me, I grew up in Singapore, but I'm very thankful that I got to live in some of the more rural areas in Japan when I was serving there. One year I was living in Nagano, and if any of you have been there, um, you'll know that it's this really beautiful place that's surrounded my mountains. And across from the house, okay, this is not an actual picture of the place that I used to live in. I had to go find, because it was quite a long time ago, so I don't have a good picture of it. Um, but it was something like that. 
And the house that I was living in at that time had a paddy field, uh, a field where they grew rice just across from it. So I got a chance to witness how rice was grown through the months. In June, the farmer would start tilling the soil so that the seeds would grow into saplings and then grow into stalks. And then finally, they will form kernels that ripen over time. So you have the scattering of the seeds first, then slowly you see the seeds grow into saplings, and that's what the picture is showing, actually. Those are the saplings. And then they'll grow into stalks, and finally they'll form kernels, and they ripen. In June, the fields would be green, but by October, by autumn, the fields would have turned golden, and there was harvest time. It looked like that. In the passage we read earlier, Jesus used a farming analogy to explain how the kingdom of God grows. Once a farmer plants the seed, it grows by itself. The farmer isn't actually in control of the process and doesn't even fully understand it. Growth happens naturally, but the farmer also needs to do the hard work necessary to create the best conditions for the rice to grow. I often see the farmers, um, and you see there are a lot of um, female farmers as well, men and women. They are in the fields every day, preparing the soil, irrigating the field, protecting the saplings and rice kernels from bugs, and harvesting when the time is ready. And I think that's how church growth works. We do the hard work necessary to create the best conditions for growth to happen. But we're not in control of the process, and we don't even fully understand what causes growth. What we do know is that God takes care of that part, and sometimes even when we don't realize it, God is causing growth within us and amongst us. A combination of divine conception and human endeavor. Paul says something similar in 1 Corinthians 3.6. He said that he planted the churches, Apollos came along and watered the seed, but it was God who gave the increase. In a sense, the growth of a church is all up to God, but we humans have our part to play too. It's a both-end approach, as with many things of God. God is always wanting to co-create with us. You know, in previous years in FCC, we would do annual pulse surveys to find out how our congregation is doing spiritually and relationally and to understand better what the gaps and the needs are. We had many people respond by saying they wanted more spiritual growth. And that's wonderful, isn't it? I'm encouraged that people in our community want to grow spiritually. But what does growing spiritually really mean? And so I just want to invite you to share with me and everyone who's attending, what does growing spiritually mean to you? Right? Take some time to think about it. I mean, some of you have the answer off the top of your heads because it's something you think about a lot. When you say you want to grow spiritually, what does that actually mean to you? Yes, growing in likeness in Christ. Yes, we talk about it a lot, right, in the Bible. It talks about how we're being transformed continually in the likeness in Christ. 
What else? What does growing spiritually mean to you? Being like Jesus, right? So the likeness to Christ is a really important part, right? Serving the community. Read the Bible and grow closer to God. Yes, that's part of the process, right? Prayer and salvation. Mm-hmm. Sowing goodwill. And this is really interesting, right? That it, how what we sow, right? And that's the farming analogy, right? What we sow, what we reap in the process to align with God's direction and way of life of Jesus. Yes, I think alignment is a really, really great word, right? That growing spiritually has to do with us aligning ourselves with God. Stewardship of God's call to me. Mm-hmm. Becoming a better person compared to the one yesterday. Yes, I think that's what we all strive for. Representing each other in the best possible light. More aware about myself, about God, and to live more in alignment with God's will. Yes, alignment with God's will. And overcome my faults and become a better human being. Yes, to understand and walk closer with God and be more Christ-like. Mm-hmm. To closer walk with God, knowing I'm loved and loving God. Yeah, I love that, right? Knowing I'm loved and loving God. Because love is such an important component in this. Being able to believe in something larger than yourself mm-hmm, and a human-centric view of things, right? Peace. Mm-hmm. That my bad habits such as swearing are reduced and that sharing and caring habits grow as each day pass. Yes. And I think having that each day pass thing is really important, right? Because it's also exercising compassion on ourselves as we grow, knowing that we don't go into perfection, right? But that we're all trying uh, with each day. Knitting one another in love. Trust through the highs and lows. Mm-hmm. Especially in times like this, when there are lots of highs and lows and lots of uncertainties. Actively being in God's presence. Reading His Word daily. Asking God to change our heart. Asking the Holy Spirit to teach us to have the fruits of the Spirit. Loving one another through it all. Mm-hmm. Relationship with God. When my life is bearing the fruit of the Spirit. Yes, and that's one of the ways to kind of know if you're growing. Um, being more Christ-like every day than the day before, growing as a person in relation with others, finding a connection with God, finding God in my life, spread God's words, having a God perspective on one another, to know we are God's plan and dream from the beginning. That's having the big perspective, right? The divine perspective, and that's great. Um, having new understanding of God's words, having quiet time daily, meditate according to word regularly, living a life according to Jesus' teachings, and love all, including one's enemies, which, yes, is very difficult. Facilitating re- reconciliation, being to, able to love ourselves and our neighbours, living life with a deeper attentiveness to God, fruit of the Spirit, mm-hmm. love, yes. <laughs> bringing heaven down, mm-hmm. fellowship, thirst for God's word, attending church service, witnessing God, having God's love within us, and having compassion for others and becoming more understanding of others around us. That's all really, really beautiful. And, you know, if you have any other thoughts, please continue to put in um, your own insight about what growing spiritually is to you. But thank you for reflecting and sharing those thoughts. I think if I had to put it in a succinct way, I would say spiritual growth begins with first being rooted and grounded in God's love as we are deeply formed and transformed in Christ. In the process, we are filled with the fullness of God for the fulfillment of God's plan in and through us. And in addition to all the things that you all said earlier, right? You know, all this sounds nice in theory, right? 
But have you ever felt disillusioned about this promise of spiritual transformation? People often say they want to see growth and transformation. But then we look around, and then we look at ourselves, and realize nothing much seems to be changing. Maybe we're a bit better at controlling our negative behavior or hiding our bad attitudes. But how many of us are being transformed at the deepest levels of our being? You know, it's possible to hang around other Christians a lot, meet regularly for worship, study our Bibles, join a church, even call ourselves a community, but not change at all in ways that count. And the troubling reality is that believers can be deeply committed to being Christian without ever being deeply formed in Christ. And this is sadly true of many churches, not just here. I think we need to restore depth, focus, and meaning for our souls. If not, spiritual growth will always seem like an abstract concept and stay out of reach. Ironically, I think the real growth that creates and sustainably supports the growth of a church in tangible forms such as the numbers and funding, is the intangible growth that happens within us and amongst us. And that's why focusing on the something more is really important. Ruth Haley Barton wrote about spiritual transformation. And she said, spiritual transformation is the process by which Christ is formed in us for the glory of God, for the abundance of our own lives, and for the sake of others. It results in an increasing capacity to discern and do the will of God. Spiritual transformation in the lives of redeemed people is a testimony to the power of the gospel. Indeed, it is an act of worship. For all these reasons and more, spiritual transformation, transformation is central to the message of the gospel and therefore central to the mission of the church. Our transformation really is for the glory of God, for the abundance of our own lives, and for the sake of others. How could it not be? If the heart of Christ is really being formed in us, how could it not result in a heart for the world? And this is what leads to transforming communities. But let's start with baby steps, okay? Some of us may not feel like we know what it means to be deeply formed in Christ, but we have all definitely experienced growth in various ways. And I believe that often growth happens in the valleys, in the darkest and the most challenging times. We just recently entered the heightened alert phase again in Singapore, and I think it has been destabilizing for many of us. And like Wendy prayed earlier, there's this hidden stress underlying all of it. And there's trauma as well for some. And in the past year of challenges and uncertainties, perhaps there are aspects of your life where you have seen growth. And I want to honour and celebrate that too. So I want to ask you, in what ways have you grown in this past year? I want you to take this time just to reflect, because often in the midst of all the 
ups and downs, the changes, and us having to respond quickly to changes at work, in our family, you know, in school, with church. We even had really time to just sit back and reflect a little. But if you had to look back at this past year, in what ways have you grown? It doesn't have to be typically spiritual, okay? It can be grown in many other ways as well. Perhaps you become more nimble, right? Uh, in using technology to do meetings. Perhaps you have you know, learned how to be more flexible, uh, dealing with the changes uh, that come because you've had to, right? Or, and learning to manage your anxiety better, for example. All these are, are growth, okay? Living life forward, that's really interesting, yeah? Patience with friends and loved ones, yes. I think we all need that. I've learned to be more flexible, realizing that all discord is unhelpful, uh, it's a plan of the enemy, and that we need to work for unity as much as possible. I have been more patient and slow to anger. Wow, patience seems to be coming up, right? And we know that love is patient, right? So that is really growth. Posit proactively checking in on my friends to see how they're doing, uh, being honest with my own feelings, that's great. Um, patience, compassion, understanding, self-control, Digital services allowed me to join SC safely after thinking about it for years, and that's wonderful. And I don't think you are the only one. We've heard many stories about that. And actually, we've been very thankful for that. That has been one of the biggest um, blessings, in a way, of this time. Letting go of small things, mm -hmm. overlooking minor offenses, uh, offenses, realizing that diversity is divine, and that we should not attempt to control others unnecessarily. Yep. Being able to take comfort from God in times of difficulties. And that is wonderful. That is really, really uh, lovely. Tre treasuring time spent with church friends. Yes, now that, you know, it's not something we can take for granted, right? That every week we'll be able to go and see our friends, hang out. I think we learn to treasure certain things better. To be more aware of bad thoughts and rely more on God to transform my thoughts. I've learned to be content with what I have. To be forgiving. And, bear, um, and I guess not bear grudges as I would have in, used it to in the past towards my siblings. That's really great. Professional growth, but spiritually less so. Mm -hmm. Patience and appreciation for my partner. Mm -hmm. More conscious of others, especially my husband, as a byproduct of both working from home for more than 12 months. Mm. Struggling through the past year and counting blessings among the ones who remain. Mm -hmm. Awareness of how our own actions impact people in the world around us. Absolutely, right? That we are really interconnected in very real ways. I've learned to be still. Wow, that's wonderful. I don't know if I've grown in a positive way. Well, it's okay. It is really okay. I feel like I didn't grow. And thank you for being honest. That's fine too. Learning to handle conflict. Learning to set boundaries. Learn to feel safe in God. Not to take chance to worship for granted. Hope to sing with gusto with everyone. I hope so too. I find it so hard, you know, when I'm sitting at the side, I'm trying not to sing. I've been putting my trust in God more and leaning on God that He knows what is best for me. Mm -hmm. Letting go of expectations that my previous partner should understand. Deeper insights about my issues that come out of trauma that came out of trauma in the past and learning to not be as avoidant. That's, that is a wonderful step of growth. I've been putting my trust in God more. Okay, Learn to be human. Mm -hmm. 
right? Learn to be human, right? For me, one of the goals that I had in the beginning of this year was to grow in the area of pastoral leadership. Over the past few years, I've come to realize more and more that pastoring a church requires a lot of inner work as well as organizational leadership skills. You know, when we go to seminary or Bible college, they prepare you for many things, but often, organizational leadership is not one of them. Pastoral leadership, yes, right? How to shepherd, but not organizational leadership. Yet, this is one area of skills that many pastors need in order to lead and pastor a church well. And I realized that there were gaps in this area for me and that I needed to grow in. So I intentionally set aside time to read books and listen to podcasts on leadership and on my own spiritual formation as a Christ follower. I still have a long way to go, but I've been greatly enriched in the process, and I hope it helps me to grow to be a better pastor and leader along the way. You know, as I was reflecting, I realized that desire is the beginning of the spiritual journey. Desire. What do you long for? Do you feel a longing for love? A longing for God? A longing to live your life as meant to be lived in God? When was the last time you felt a longing for healing and transformation within you? And if you sit back and think about it, this is actually one of the most important questions we could ever ask. What do you long for? Barton said in the church, we are more accustomed to talking about suppressing our desire and focus on things that are more selfless and spiritual. We are afraid of desire because it seems dangerous, unpredictable. What if my desires lead me down the wrong path? Or worse, what if I uncover the longing and desire deep within me only to discover that these desires cannot be met? How will I live with desire that is awake and alive rather than asleep and repressed? These are some of the deepest questions of the human soul. And Jesus often asks people questions that help them get in touch with their desire and to name it in his presence. He brought focus and clarity to those who were spiritually hungry by asking them, What do you want? What do you want me to do for you? One example is Jesus' encounter with blind Bartimaeus. And we find that in Mark 10, where the question about desire is a turning point in the story. Bartimaeus had been begging by the roadside for some time, though we don't know how long. He heard that Jesus was passing by, and somehow he had the sense that Jesus could do something for him that no one else had been able to do. But it was noisy and crowded in Jericho that day, and in order to get Jesus' attention, Bartimaeus had to reach deep within and from that place of need and desire cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus heard him that day, above all the other voices that were clamoring for his attention. In that crowd, Bartimaeus couldn't have been the only one asking for Jesus' attention. But the honesty and desperation in his cry 
really stopped Jesus in his tracks. In fact, the people around him were embarrassed by such an honest expression of need, and they tried to silence him. But Bartimaeus cried out even more loudly, Son of David, have mercy on me. His soul cry captured Jesus' attention, and Jesus called him over. And as he stood face to face, Jesus asked him the question that required Bartimaeus to name his desire. What do you want me to do for you? And he said, I want to see. I want to see. Milk has preached on this passage before, and he would often say, isn't the answer obvious? Surely blind Bartimaeus wanted to see. And then he shares that the lesson in this story is that we can't assume we know what people want. And also, there's power in people recognizing and naming what they want and need. And this is so true. Are you able to name what you want and need? There's actually another level to this question that Jesus asked. Bartimaeus said, I want to see. And I think see, not just physically, but see spiritually. For someone whose spiritual journey is unfolding, this question penetrates to the very core of our being. And it is a very personal question. Imagine Jesus asking you, what do you want me to do for you? Can you imagine that? If Jesus was face to face with you and asked you, what do you want me to do for you? It brings us face to face with our humanity, our vulnerability, our need. Beyond the superficial things of this life, what do you really want me to do for you? Growth actually begins with desire. Let's try that again. I don't know. It's not moving. <laughs> okay, thank you. Growth actually begins with desire. Your desire for more of God, your longing for love, your, deep for, your, deep for, your need for deeper levels of spiritual transformation than what you have experienced so far is actually the truest thing about you. You might think that your woundedness or your sinfulness is the truest thing about you, or that your giftedness or your personality type or your job title or your identity as a partner, parent or child somehow defines you. But in reality, let's see if this works now. Ah, yes, okay. But in reality, it is your desire for God and your capacity to reach for more of God than you have right now, that's the deepest essence of who you are. There's a place within each of us that is spiritual in nature, the place where God's spirit witnesses with our spirit about our truest identity. And here, 
God's spirit dwells with our spirit, and here, our truest desires make themselves known. You see, the stirring of spiritual desire, if you can sense it within you, it indicates that God's spirit is already at work within us, drawing us to God's self. We love God because God first loved us. We long for God because God first longed for us. And we reach for God because God first reached for us. And nothing in this spiritual life originates with us. It all originates with God. So we know that growth begins with desire. And I would like to assume that all of you who are attending this service today have some level of desire to grow spiritually. If not, you wouldn't be here, I guess. We know we cannot transform ourselves. God is the one who changes us. But there is something we can do. We can create the conditions in which spiritual transformation takes place. Just like the farmer creates the best conditions for the rice to grow, we can exercise spiritual disciplines that help us grow. Some of these disciplines take place when we are alone with God in solitude. Others take place in community with other Christ followers. And still others take place outside this community when we do the work of compassion, justice, reconciliation. And so I wanted to ask you, what kind of spiritual disciplines would you like to focus on in this season? And I group them largely under those where I'm alone with God in solitude, those where I'm together in community with others, those where I'm engaged with work outside this community, or if you are particularly ambitious, <laughs> as uh, one of you is, all of the above, all right? So what kind of spiritual disciplines would you like to focus on in this season? Especially in this season where things are up and down, things are uncertain, what would really help to ground you and to root you, all right? And some of you said, yes, those that where you're alone with God in solitude. And I see that a lot of you said that those where I'm together in community with others. And that's wonderful because I think it's especially in these times that we recognize the power of community, that there are ways that we can practice spiritual disciplines together. And that's something that I think I want to give more thought to, that how can we as a church practice certain disciplines together that will help ground us and to help encourage each other as we grow, right? And thank you for the six of you who are wanting to work on all of the above. That's fantastic. <laughs> and please continue to um, respond, you know. I think this is important because to me, this is also a way to kind of place our intentions, right? To make our intentions and to be purposeful about what we want to do. And I'm glad that so many of you said, talked about the disciplines that you want to practice together in community with others. Right? Because while growth begins with desire, we can't do it alone. So the desire may be sparking within us, but we can't do it alone. Growth can only continue when we participate meaningfully in a transforming community. You know that verse in Proverbs, it says, as iron sharpens iron, one person sharpens another. 
You know, in my life, I've had the privilege of experiencing what it's like to be part of a transforming community. Yes, FCC is a transforming community in some ways. But I would say that we are still at the beginning stages. We're still trying to learn, trying to figure out how to be a transforming community. And I hope that we can grow together to truly be a transforming, transforming community together. In order to do so, we need to firstly have a shared understanding of what spiritual transformation is. We also need a shared language for talking about and encouraging one another in the process and a shared commitment to arrange our lives for spiritual transformation. You know, in the past year, one thing that I've been especially thankful for is for like-minded female pastor friends. There are actually four of us, and we have a shared understanding of what spiritual transformation is, and we have a shared language for talking about and encouraging one another in the process. We share our stories and our struggles. We seek each other for help and input. And together, we also plot to bring down the patriarchy. And our conversations are often long, filled with laughter, and truly life-giving. I would say I'm a better person and pastor because of them. And you will all get to meet and hear from one of them soon, uh, because Pastor Charmaine now will be preaching at our church next Sunday. So this is also a plug for her, our guest preacher next Sunday. This group of friends helped me see what a transformative community can do. And I'm thankful that we already have elements of this here in FCC. We do have a lot of potential to grow in this area. And I believe we can do so if each of us is willing I want to pause here to invite those of you who are not yet members of FCC to prayerfully consider if this community is where you want to grow together with others. There's something about committing to one another. And that is what membership is really about. It's saying, I'm all in. I want to help you to grow, and I want you to help me to grow. This is where I feel safe and supported to grow spiritually. So if membership is something that you have been considering or that you have questions about, please reach out to us at info at freecomchurch.org because we'd love to converse with you, answer your questions and help you think through if membership is the right thing for you. And if you are already a member, I hope we can work together to create a more transformative community here. As we are changed into more loving, willing Christ followers, we become the presence of Christ in this world that God loves. Christian spiritual formation is for the glory of God, for the abundance of our own lives, and for the sake of others. In his article, Four Shapes of Transformation, Richard Raw said that as our understanding of God evolves and deepens, our moral and spiritual development evolves as well. He breaks it down to these four major stages. Cleaning up, growing up, waking up, and showing up. He says pastors and ministers tend to preach about cleaning up the most, and we don't do it very well. 
we largely reflected the moral preoccupations of the dominant culture in every age and every denomination. Our understanding of morality was very superficial. We reflected our not-so-grown-up culture's values of the various purity codes, right? Don't do this, do this, be holy, right? And these were bound to our time in history and, seldom, and were seldom driven by the brilliance of Jesus' moral ideals, which have to do, first of all, with our inner attitudes. Mature morality is largely a series of religious encounters leading to a deep transformation of consciousness. Any preoccupation with our private moral perfection keeps our eyes on ourselves and not on God or grace or love. Cleaning up is mostly about the need for early impulse control and creating necessary ego boundaries. And then we have growing up. Growing up refers to the process of psychological and emotional maturity that people undergo, both personally and culturally. We all grow up, even if it's inside our own bubbles. The social structures that surround us highly colour, strengthen, and also limit how much we can grow up and how much of our own shadow self we'll be able to face and integrate. And then we're waking up. Waking up refers to any spiritual experience which overcomes our experience of the self as separate from God. It should be the goal of all spiritual work, including prayer, Bible study, and all religious services of any type. The purpose of waking up is not personal or private perfection, but surrender, love, and union with God. And this is the Christian meaning of salvation or enlightenment. And then we have showing up. Showing up means bringing our heart and mind into the actual suffering and problems of the world. It means engagement, social presence, a sincere concern for justice and peace for others beyond ourselves. If we do not have a lot of people showing up in the suffering trenches of the world, it's probably because those of us in the world of religion have merely focused on either cleaning up, growing up, or waking up. Showing up is the full and final result of the prior three stages. Personally, I think these stages are helpful to us in thinking about growth. But I don't think it's a linear progression. I think we all continue to grow up, wake up, show up at various points. And this is God's work of continual transformation in our lives. So let me ask you, what resonated with you about growth today? Perhaps you've heard some things that were familiar, some things that were new and perhaps even unfamiliar. But what kind of really resonated with your spirit about growth today? I invite you to kind of put in your thoughts, your insights, your reflections uh, as we build this word cloud, right? And so that we can learn together and summarize together the things that meant something to us, that God is speaking to each of us today. What resonated with you about growth today? Desire. Wow, I see that big and very clearly. Yes, desire. Desire is the beginning of growth. Community, having an equal platform, mutual growth, intentional, yes, to wake up, humility, 
Yes, absolutely. Engagement, absolutely, yes. Transformation. Thank you. I see community is big, right, in this. And many of you are talking about community because community is such a huge part of our individual and our communal growth. Shared language, mm -hmm. we need to create that shared language in order to grow together. Spiritual, mm -hmm. that's right. Right? So as you continue to build this word cloud, as you continue to think about what you're taking away for yourself today, I hope that the words desire and community, like many of you have put up there, that those words will stay with you. The importance of desire and community. To participate in community, yes. To share commitment, share understanding, to help one another, to grow with others. Mm -hmm. Vulnerability, I see that. To give yourself time, learning, effort. <laughs> it takes effort, right? It's both end, right? God does something with us, but it also takes effort on our part. Right? To be deeply formed in Christ. Yes. Thank you for that. Will. Mm -hmm. Wisdom. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love some of the words that you have put up there. So please continue to add your words in there. And as we wrap up the sermon for today, I want to leave you with this prayer. This was Paul's prayer for the spiritual growth of the Ephesians. And it is my prayer for you. And he says, And I say, That is why I kneel before Abba God, from whom every family in heaven and earth takes its name. And I pray that God, out of the riches of divine glory, will strengthen you inwardly with power through the working of the Spirit. May Christ dwell in your hearts through faith, so that you, being rooted and grounded in love, will be able to grasp fully the breadth, length, height and depth of Christ's love and with God's holy ones experience this love that surpasses all understanding so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God to God whose power now at work in us can do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine to God be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations world without end Amen. We come to a time of Holy Communion. And for those of you at home, it would be a good time to go and get the elements. Um, things to symbolize the bread and the wine. We gather each Sunday at this table. Even though at this time we are not all physically together, the table of God's feast transcends time and space because God's love transcends all boundaries. So this table recognizes no boundaries. Here at FCC, we celebrate an open table. This means that you do not have to meet any criteria. You do not have to be a member of FCC. You do not have to be baptized. You only need to recognize 
that God's grace is sufficient. When Jesus set a tables and broke bread with the tax collectors, lawyers, and rich elites, and poor peasants, he proclaimed that God's radical love and abiding presence know no bounds. Through these occasions of sharing food, every person experienced God and shared in God's kingdom. A, A kingdom, kingdom where all are welcome, all are worthy, and all are invited. A kingdom where lives are transformed and empowered, and the fruits of God's gentle justice bloom throughout creation. All people, including each one of us, are invited to share in this sacred meal of celebration and be strengthened by the presence of God in this place. We remember that Jesus fed 5,000 hungry people with five loaves of bread and two fish. At this miraculous meal, there was such an abundance that everyone ate until they were full. And there were even 12 baskets of food left over. Holy, Holy God, God, we celebrate your abundant care and solidarity revealed in this meal. We remember that while sharing a meal with Pharisees, Jesus welcomed a woman viewed as an outsider. As the woman anointed his feet with oil, Jesus declared her dignity before everyone at the meal. Holy God, we celebrate your gracious inclusiveness revealed in this meal. At these meals, Jesus and all his disciples resisted the divisions, injustice and violence of society. They lived out instead the kingdom of God, a place of love, Justice, justice and, and mutuality. But we also recognize that not all people like Jesus' ministry. For some people, it was scandalous. They, they said, said, Look, a glutton and drunkard, drunkard a friend of tax collectors and sinners. When his arrest seemed near, Jesus ate a meal in an upper room with his disciples. As he had done so many times before, he took bread. And after giving thanks to you, Holy God, he broke it and gave it to the disciples, saying, Do this in remembrance of me. After the meal, he shed the wine, gave thanks and said, I will not drink from this cup again until I drink it with you in the kingdom of God. May I invite the steward to distribute elements for those who are present in church? For those of you at home, um, please prepare your elements and we'll partake it together. Though not physically together, but together, you know, through this connection um, across space and even time.
Jesus was then unjustly killed by the systems of domination of his day. To some of his frightened disciples, it seemed that the bread symbolized his broken body and the wine his blood. God, the kingdom of God persisted and persists today through the many people who seek to be your resurrection community. Holy God, in the sharing of this bread and wine, we joyfully celebrate the hope-inspiring ministry and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Let's partake of the elements together. May I invite you to be to stand as you're willing and able and join in the prayer of communion. Together. Gracious, Gracious God, may this meal be for us an Emmaus meal, where we encounter your presence in the sharing of this food, as the disciples did at their meal in Emmaus. May the sharing of this food be a taste of your kingdom, holy God so we may be strengthened to be your joyful and hopeful disciples. And may, and may we, we share in your kingdom of love, justice, and mutuality with those, those around us. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Thank you, Pastor Pauline, for the sermon. And I was re as I was reflecting, I'm wondering which point should I kind of reflect at this moment. But I'll probably choose the point where we say that, you know, FCC really does try to create a condition uh, to be a place for spiritual growth of people. But we really cannot assume to know what people want. But the thing is, I think we also cannot assume that people do know what they want. I think one thing is, you know, the leadership of FCC are not mind readers. Uh, we take you at your word when you say you want spiritual growth. But when we try to provide opportunities for spiritual growth, the participation rate doesn't seem to be that high. So a lot of times when we ask ourselves, what do we really want? Maybe I want to be taller, I want to be fitter, I want to be whatever. But if we're not willing to pay the price for it, then we really have to question, is this what we really want? So I think as we move along with the week, uh, do let us consider, dig deep into ourselves, uh, be truthful, and figure out what do you think God is calling us to desire and what our hearts truly desire. So if you found yourself to be blessed with this sermon, uh, please do click like and subscribe to the YouTube video so that uh, the magic of the big tech companies can work its magic and then you know, more people can be uh, blessed by this uh, sharing of this sermon also. So today is the last Sunday of the month and usually on the last Sunday of every month, we actually have a newcomers meeting. So if you are new to our church, uh, whether you just join us today or you've joined us just for a few sessions before, uh, we actually have a newcomers meeting at the end of the day, at the end of the service. 
which probably will be around 12.15 by the time service ends to give you a break to you know, get a drink or something. So if you have not signed up for this today's newcomers meeting, uh, please take this opportunity to send your email to info at freecomchurch.org and then uh, we'll email you the Zoom link so that you can join us. So do uh, send us an email by maybe 12.05 uh, as we try to set up the room and everything. Uh, if you are unable to join us for today's meeting, uh, please note that there will be another newcomers meeting end of August, the last Sunday of August. So you can still send us and then join us then also. So we have come to the giving section of today's service. Uh, you can see that there's two pay now codes up there. Uh, one of them is for the FCC general fund, which is for the general running of the church, the service, the place, the electricity, uh, the salaries. And one is for the FCC building fund uh, for us to pay off the mortgage. So you may give by pay now, or you may also give by credit card at freecomchurch.gift.asia. So as we prepare our hearts to give, uh, let us pray. God, our wonderful creator, indeed, we give thanks to you for you know, all that you've given to us and for creating us as unique and special individuals with different desires, different skills, different strengths, and just one in a million in each of our own ways. But yet what brings us together, God, is your love for us, and in a way, our love in response to you. And as we continue the mission of the church, as you call us to be, we continue to uplift this church by our givings, whether is it in financial, in time, in effort, in energy. God, we just leave all things to you and know that you are the one, that though we may create a condition, but you are the one that makes things happen. God, we just come in your name. And in your name, may we spread your love around that people that still do not know you may know of your love and may have hope for a better world in this time of uncertainty and sadness and just messiness all in all. But we know that with you by our side, all things will come up better. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Now we have come to the announcement segment of the service. So our very first announcement is for volunteers. Uh, we have done online services for almost one and a half years, almost two years already. Uh, we are running on a very, very slim team, but today uh, we have actually a group of uh, new volunteers. But we continue to need volunteers for our production ministry because there's really many different aspects. And even through the years, through the, year, through the years and the months, we have also tried to improve our service. So hopefully, as, if you have joined us since one and a half years ago and then until now, you can see that we are continually, continually upgrading our services and we continually need volunteers. 
So if you are interested to volunteer for the production ministry, please drop an email at info at freecomchurch.org. Uh, you do not need to have any technical skills. Uh, we, are, we just welcome you to come and just have a run-through with us of the service. And then you can see which area of the production ministry you'd like to volunteer with. So please drop us an email if you'd like to volunteer with us. Next, are you age 30 and below? If you are age 30 and below, you are welcome to join the FCC Youth Ministry for Bible Studies and Social Studies uh, and Socials twice a month. No, no study, no study. Only Bible study. One study and one social. Twice a month. So you may email Elvin at fccyouthleader at googlegroups.com. Uh, unfortunately, this doesn't apply to, for those who are young at heart. So this is really physically, you are age 30 and below. If emotionally and spiritually you are age 30 and below, you may join Ficus Carica, which is a new cell group. Okay, if you are interested to know what does Ficus Carica means, join the cell group because I'm not going to tell you the answer. Anyway, if you are looking for a place to grow, hoping to make new friends, exploring ways to connect, please note that those are not deletion. Huh? Those are actually meant to highlight that this group is for all those things. So if you are looking for a place to grow, make new friends, ways to connect, please join Ficus Carica, which is actually only a six-month-old cell group. They are looking forward to welcoming you. So they are having an open house on 8th of August uh, from 1.30 to 3.30. If you are interested, please contact Lipspeak and Lex Heho on Telegram for more details. And if you happen to not have Telegram, uh, you may just also just uh, drop an email at info at freecomchurch.org so that we may connect you with these people so that you can join their open house. That will be the end of the announcement and now we will invite Pastor Myak to give the benediction. May I invite you to stand as you are willing and able to receive the benediction. People of God, may you experience from within this desire to grow, to grow closer, to grow deeper, to grow wider, to wake up, to reach out, and to show up. As followers of Christ, just as Christ showed up, may we be not be sleeping disciples, but ones who have received, grown, and ready to show up in all the trenches of suffering in the world so we can bring God's love and light to all people and all places. Go in love, go in justice, go in peace always. Amen. We have reached the end of service and hope you stay safe and keep safe and, join, and have a blessed week ahead. <laughs>